It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Don't agree with that in the workplace. <laughs> Tim's flagship podcast number 306. I'm your host, Jamie, on this championship winning edition. I'm joined by my podcast pal, Stephen. Oh, you are, boy. And Melly. You sure are. Melly, we did it. It seemed improbable. It seemed impossible at times, but Angie's boys lifted the title. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a great week, hasn't it? It goes a wee bit surreal to what coming up to the game on Saturday. It's like, we've actually done this mm. heading up there, like, that way you've, you've seen it and all that, but then you're like, we're going to get this today. And it was brilliant to clinch the cinch on Wednesday night. The scenes after that were brilliant. And Saturday was just on another level as well. It was, it was a great time and it's a, it's a good time to be alive. Improbable. I don't know what you mean. Do, do you mean to say that when we were looking at footage of Ange Postecoglou, a guy we'd never heard of, mm. on a balcony in London with Dom Mackay, without having to quarantine and without any coaching qualifications as we were told at the time you mean to say that you didn't think it was likely we were going to storm this league no I didn't think <laughs> I didn't think we would end up pissing the league to be perfectly <laughs> to be perfectly honest with you and it still hasn't sunk in Melly's right like I, it's, I was watching it and I just kept thinking to myself when I was in, this, in the ground and watching all the celebrations I was like actually can't all through this has been a this has been a brilliant season a yeah. brilliant brilliant season we're not going to do the season recap thing but it's been brilliant and I've loved Covering this season almost probably one of my favourite seasons to cover all the ups Easily. and downs at doing this podcast. And I'm standing the the ground and, and I'm like, can I? I can't believe we've we've done it. And it was it was kind of a whimper against Dundee United because like it was just a draw is all we needed. Really, you kind of wanted us to bust over the line a wee bit with it, didn't we? Mainly, I mean, the celebrations made up for it, but the the contrast between it was kind of it was just confirmed against Dundee United. Then we actually celebrated it on Saturday. Yeah, Saturday was the oh, Dundee United game. I think the result, once it got towards the end, the result was pretty inconsequential yeah. because we, we were we were going to win it. So we got we got the point we needed, and it didn't really matter. As soon as the final whistle went, the uh, the game was forgotten about, and it was just party time. But Saturday was the first game this season in the league that you weren't going into saying we need to win this mm. every game. The pressure that's been on and. I did say recently, maybe a wee bit of pressure will be relieved when we do clinch it and we can just go out and fully enjoy that. And that's what happened both on and off the pitch on Saturday. The performance from the players was sensational. The management, all the staff and all that. And then the fans as well. It was just a joy to behold people winning something and going and having a good time because mm. we've not seen that. It was a. Uh, it was nice. Some other people send like round up eleven guys to come and play, <laughs> come and make up the teams, wasn't it? Because they just weren't in it at all. No, and it's it's a really enjoyable. I, th- I think back to some of those examples of the past. It's it's really once the league is clinched, it's really enjoyable to just send the league off with an absolute route. I remember yeah. like Ronnie Dyla's last game was yeah. was one of those as well. Was that in fact? Is that the same opposition actually? Is that Motherwell scored as well. Seven now. Jack Aitchison, whatever yep. happened to him, mm-hmm. he, he scored that day as well. So it's, it's always en- enjoyable to do that in the sun as well. Nice early kickoff on a Saturday. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, it was an absolute great day. I was away. I, I missed the. Well, I didn't miss it. I, I wasn't here for the, the United game. I was mm-hmm. I was down south and I, I had to find somebody to, to see it. I'm never really sure. I've never done that in 
it's still in the UK. I was I was in London at the time, and I've spoken on the podcast before about having found Irish bars abroad. Mm. You're never really sure how to take it because you can find an Irish bar, but mainly it's people watching English football and you're yeah. crammed into the corner. So I wasn't really sure what this was going to be like. But as soon as I got there, I felt like I was in Santa Ponza or something. <laughs> so it was an absolute t- Tim Slop house, and, and it was absolutely brilliant. What a night it was. Loved every minute of it. Tremendous. <laughs> I just loved every minute of the celebrations. But look, before we get to Saturday, you were you were up at Dundee United. We we all listened, we all heard the 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 post match podcast, the reaction podcast that you did, which is obviously available on Patreon. Um, and it sounded like it was a hell of a trip. But you were actually at the celebrations after the game. You committed to going to Celtic Park, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. The bus uh, t- uh, dropped his bow on the way back. You could either get dropped off at home or dropped off where we get picked up. Uh, dropped off at Celtic Park, sorry, mm. or dropped off uh, where we get picked up and chose Celtic Park. I just had that feeling that it's. it's been a while since we sort of clinched it away from home in that sort of that sort of fashion, and I think just with the the sheer relief and all that of everybody winning, you could feel no something special is going to happen tonight. And getting back to Celtic Park and on the Celtic way, and just everybody running about the fireworks, the scenes, the players coming out. I honestly think when Scotland beat Serbia uh, recently in the the playoff for the getting to the Euros, that was like out with Celtic, one of the most the best feelings it is the best feeling I've ever had in football. But when Celtic and that the scenes at Celtic Park the other night, I was like, I'm sure the day I die, I'll have a flashback of this. This will mm. be one of the things that I was like, I've never felt like that before. And we've had good title wins, we've had relieving ones, we've had invincible ones, but this one just felt really special <laughs> to me. I don't know why. It just felt as if not everybody's played their part here. We were never ever really favourites at all until mm. this year when we got ahead and you just felt like the fans kept the faith here the players did as well and we deserved this and just that sheer relief joy happiness emotion all the emotions all coming out Wednesday night and the scenes when fireworks going off and then the players and Ange coming out it was, it was brilliant and the photos were great it's, on that I just before, mm. before we move on I just hope that's a peaceful way out for Melly though when he thinks of that I hope it's not like, like a I, climbing accident yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a motorbike <laughs> <laughs> slips just, up a cliff fuck Celtic <laughs> 40, 40 years time when Melly gets struck by lightning he goes <laughs> Tanner Ice May 2020 <laughs> 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 a bus or something well, there's like nothing that. CD either <laughs> <laughs> found on the back of a wardrobe <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and of that, I just had to get that out there. Proceed. It, it feels so good because I was thinking about this as well. It feels so good to win this title. This feels sweet because it's like we we deserve this. This is this is our title. And there was so much crap spoken about Celtic after we lost one league. We won nine. You lose one, and you're fe- labelled a prat. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> all quarters. Everywhere from within the club, out with the club, us Celtic fans everywhere, bloggers, Twitter. Podcasts, uh, journalists, us. <laughs> us, absolutely everybody is just questioning whether or not the club can do it. And then Celtic fans obviously started to believe. We started to buy into Ange again, what well, most of us did. Um, but even from outside, it was just like this Rangers team or this, this Rangers mm. team are excellent. And they are a good Rangers team. They're obviously a good Rangers team, as, as shown by how they've performed in other tournaments. But it's just great to, to get it back and just be like, you just don't really deserve this. Yeah. This title's actually. It looks better in green and white. The party at Celtic Park looks better. Everything just makes sense when Celtic are champions. Yeah, well, I, b- I believe that we only can fully take these things in in the fullness of time. It'll be a couple of years when we'll look back on this. Mm. And but in the kind of raw emotion of it just now, and we're only a couple of days on from the, the party at Celtic Park on Saturday there. This I still is, get heartburn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is up there with that's those uh, donor meat pies you've been having. <laughs> oh, they didn't right? have them? Did they? No, <laughs> no, no, they didn't have them. <laughs> I firmly believe this is up there with some of the most enjoyable seasons I've experienced. Definitely. It, certainly as an adult. And it, I, I've spoken in the past before about how you're always kind of battling against nostalgia with this. There's nothing quite like it when you're going along at like 13 or something like that and you think it's the most amazing thing you've seen in your hero worship and all the players. So for that to happen when I'm the age I am yeah. uh, <laughs> and for me to compare it to those things like that is, it's no mean feat really for me to lump these seasons in you know, the, the Invincible treble was something else as well. But to have taken the title back in this manner against, again, as much as it sticks in my throat every time I go to say it, they're a good team. Yep. Right? And that was highlighted on, I listened to a podcast the other day 
I can't remember. It's not been an RCL podcast. It wasn't, but it was. I can't remember the. No, I can't remember the contributor, but he was on a, a kind of Scottish football podcast talking about the start that Celtic made this season, and we all we were all here for it. We lost mm. the first three away games, drew another one as well. So drew, lost three and drew one of the first seven games or something like that. And the only team to, or the most recent team to have done that, to have as bad a start as that and go on to win the league, were Rangers in 1993, apparently. Mm. Um, but I think those those are the details on it. But the key difference there is that Rangers were able to do that because Celtic were lamentable back there. They were yep. absolutely terrible. That's, this is totally different. Yep. Celtic overtook the best team in the league from last season and the team that were favourites to go on and do it again, the team that are in a European final, as we record this. So that's that's a, a massive achievement, and it's why it's making this so enjoyable. And, and it's the manager as well. It's there's so many elements of this this season that that really make you buy in. But as well, it's it's the manager, and I was trying to think like of all the profiles a manager we've had, it's been a lot. It's he, it's been a long time because Brendan Rodgers came and he was already kind of a superstar manager. Yeah, do yeah. you know what I mean? The Neil Lennon comes in and he's like nobody's sort of favourite. But I mean, immediately everyone's got Angie's back. And you're like, you want this guy to win the title? You want to do it for Ange? Yeah, I think even if he hadn't have won the title, the the way the season panned out and the way the way he has with words mm. as well, you're like, now, do you know what? Even if we fall short, we'll, we'll get there next season or very soon. Because as you say, look, unbeaten last year, Rangers went through the campaign unbeaten and they're in a final the now. That's the last we'll say on them. But I've always just, I don't know if I've mentioned this in the podcast, but I've just been a Frankfurt fan for ages. <laughs> <laughs> They it's, are my German team. Aye, yeah, German team. So that, that shows you that what we're up against. We, we Celtic have won the league. Even the Invincible treble was tremendous, mm. but we won that what, with seven games to spare yeah. or something. It was uh, an easy one, but this one, every time, like we have to had to fight for every single point here. And when when it was clinched, and you're looking at it, and you say, right. Ange Postacoglu, how did he create this? How did he do this? With his words, the culture he, he built up over the year. But when you look at the league table, we finished four points ahead when it was when it was sealed. Mm. That's two last minute wins when we're down to ten men up at Ross County yeah. and the one at Dundee United at Celtic Park. If Celtic don't scrape out those victories and never stop to the end, the whole complexion of this changes and you felt at the time those were really important goals because Ross County game was we were struggling for players at that time and then the Dundee United game was a couple of days before we played Rangers so you're just looking at these pivotal moments and going it makes a difference what this guy does and says and how he, he tells this team to go about it and Look, they get the rewards at the end of the game and they got them at the re- end of the season. The, the day itself, Stephen, the match itself, <clears throat> Celtic were absolutely flying. Yeah, uh, as I said, it's very enjoyable to finish off the season that way with one of the best performances mm. of, of this season, one of the most enjoyable. Some of the football on display was absolutely brilliant. And uh, yeah, I, I suppose the, the party atmosphere probably contributed to that. Yeah. It's probably quite easy to go out and express yourself in that kind of environment when you're You've already won the league. The, the final thing on the D United game before mm. we move on. My only disappointment with that was that sometimes when results like that happen, my only disappointment with it is that it kind of changes the way the history looks it's back a on the league. Yeah, the league, yeah. We, we've seen it before. Even Martin O'Neill's first season it was basically just a procession to mm, yeah. you know, to the title. But then once the title was clinched, we started dropping points, started losing, and then that makes it look tighter than it actually was. So I thought, I don't want to draw the last couple of games of the season. That kind of makes it look as if it was under threat at any point. It, but no such worries on Saturday, of it's course. It's a turnaround as well for last season. I mean, to go from 20-odd points behind to f- even four points, I would have settled for three, but six obviously looks better. Aesthetically, yeah, it's yeah, more that's pleasing. I mean. But that, that massive turnaround in points, like, oh, there's almost no excuse... This is one of the first leagues, I think, for a long time where both teams have went toe-to-toe. There is literally no excuse. Rangers can't say we weren't ready or our manager was there or the players were used were playing rubbish players or it was Pedro Cachinha. There is no excuse for them. They Send your best team and, and let's see what you've got. And Rangers sent their best team. They went, OK, here's a the team. They're invincible. We, we OK, we lost our manager mid-season, but we got arguing an even better one in got players in. There's no excuse Rangers fans can give. I know there's this myth developing out, oh, but Celtic spent loads of money in the summer. But that's, one, it's not true, and two, that's football. You yeah. Know I mean? you, you, you get your chance to go out and strengthen. We get our chance to go out and strengthen. You were invincible. You walked it last season. You were the, these massive champions. And 
we slapped you about. <laughs> we absolutely slapped you about. And there were so many turning points from the season that he can pinpoint. And I know we says we're not going to do the season review thing, but we've kind of travelled somewhat down that road as I try and wrangle it back to the game. But you, you can just look back at the season and there was pivotal moments in the, the matches that you mentioned, Melly, the last minute wins, but obviously beating them at Ibrox and murdering them at Celtic yeah, Park. Yeah, definitely. Carried us mm-hmm. on the way to this title. Um, but obviously all that sort of came to fruition on Saturday and it was a party atmosphere. Um, what was your pick of the goals, Melly? It's a, that's a really tough one. It's either the Furuhashi volley or the Yakimakis overhead kick. Yeah, I, f- I think I'll go with the overhead kick because the Furuhashi or the Kyogo one, I don't know why I keep calling him Furuhashi. Nobody it's else his does. Name. <laughs> Nobody else does. Uh, it was a great ball through from Ralston and a great volley, but the Yakimakis one is just so aesthetically pleasing mm. and just. It's so aesthetically pleasing the finish as well, but the sheer brute strength for the guy to just I love him. keep a guy down, hold him down. And look, Stephen O'Donnell is a well-built player. Yeah. He's, he's no slouch either. So it just hold him off and then fire in that finish. It was absolutely tremendous. Kind of like his goal at, at Tanadice during the week as well. It was like a brute force header yeah. from that kind of distance. I know it, was, it wasn't far out. But the cross was such that he had to he had to kind of crane his neck and get that get that in the, the roof of the net. So he's He's been absolutely brilliant. brilliant I think what, what is that? He, he takes himself to seventeen goals. A goal every ninety odd minutes. Again, I know I picked up on that in the the last yeah. podcast, but now I haven't scored two. I think it's a goal every ninety two minutes. <laughs> He's the joint league score, league top scorer, despite having barely played in the first half of the season. Yeah. This an incredible performance from. I can't really disagree with that. He's. He's tried that a few times, the mm. kind of overhead kicks, and he's come close on a couple of occasions. But this one was absolutely perfect. It was all. It was. Quite hard to describe. I wasn't even that surprised when he did it. It wasn't like he a, looked as if he was shaping up for a minute. Aye, for the yeah. minute the ball was coming in, eh? He looked as if he's been shaping up. It's the minute he got into the team months mm. ago, he's basically been shaping up for to score something like that. So I, it wasn't like a. I didn't have a jump at your seat. Oh, what did we just witness it? I was a kind of. I was kind of expecting that out of him because he's been trying it for a while. Uh, Jota. I thought he was playing a bit like a man possessed. Tried to score for the corner. Tried to old Anthony Stokes. Um, <laughs> we ended up getting another corner out, for, out of that, despite the fact that the keeper never touched it. He just swung it right on top of the keeper and it clipped the top of the ball and went right. out. And the ref very kindly gave us another another stab at it. Um, I've I know there's been lots of rumours about Jota. People have heard things. People have said things. We've heard things in the podcast about him staying. And there's been rumours in the the Portuguese press about him staying and all that sort of stuff. But. If I could take anything away for that performance, he looked like a guy that was looking for a big sign-off. He was playing a bit like a man possessed. He was getting involved in everything. The celebrations after it, he looked as if he was taking it all in. So my my takeaway for that is just purely judging by that performance, I don't know if he's staying, Melly. Uh, I don't know. Do you take it in for the performance? Uh, No, I just think he's a brilliant player. Mm. So you you can look in it one way or you can look into it and go, look, Maybe that's just him happy as a champion and ready to just go out and play, play mm. with freedom because the whole team done that. I, I, I struggle with it because you can look at it and go, no, nah, he's away because he was out after it and i seen him out on the pitch as well for a long time when all the fans had left. So I don't I don't know. I mean, I've seen the, there's a wee video of Juranovic saying to his wife, are you going to stay? Are you going to stay mm. in uh, Glasgow? So I hope he does stay because I just think in the last few weeks we've seen this guy's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And when at the game at the weekend, all the flicks and tricks when he's on when he's on song like that, you're like, this is the, these are the people you would pay money to go and see. Mm. Like you see Kyogo and Jackamacus banging in the goals, but they don't have that skill that Jota's got. And I think if you take Jota out the team, I think he's the kind of only guy we can't replace. We can replace Kyogo with Jackamacus, but when you take Jot out the team. We don't have MD with that trickery and that skill because if you look, Abada, he's not doesn't do that. Forrest doesn't do that, and Maeda's all hard work. It's not about the, the mm. technical side with him. So if Jota does go, I still think we need a winger, but we think we need another one. But I just pray that he stays next season and beyond because I think next season we could see even better from him. To be honest, he's going to be a hard player to replace. Yeah. Um... I remember having the discussion a couple of weeks ago that I thought Carter Vickers would be the harder one to replace mm. out of the two because we're, if we set those parameters, if you can only pick one, but that doesn't mean I, I think he's going to be easily replaced. Yeah. I don't think you can just go out and get a Jota. I think Jota will be harder to replace, to be honest. You uh, think so? Mm-hmm. May, maybe. I don't, 
I, I thought that at the time. I thought Carter Vickers would probably be more difficult to replace because he slotted in so well and he just looks pe- absolutely perfect for the team. And maybe I said that when Jota was on a little bit of a dip of form. But when you see what he's truly capable of, it does give me that kind of extra pause for thought when considering that. Jota, if he is to, to go at this point, it's a, it's a good way to sign off. But I think... Purely my own opinion, I'm, I'm basing this on nothing at all. I think if he was going to go, he would have made it fairly unambiguous. He would have made mm. a big, probably more of a song and dance about it. Yeah. Kind, of, kind of made it clear. Maybe mm. a wee bit of, wee bit of, kind of don't showmanship. Uh, boots I, in the crowd and all that. Uh, maybe. I don't, you don't really see that anymore. <laughs> um, you see a lot of uh, people with signs, give me your ex, whatever. Uh, yeah. And then you saw a lot of the people taking in the, the national flags. But you're right, you don't really see those boots in the crowd anymore. Is there a boy behind us with a uh, hands give me your jumper sign? <laughs> rude. <laughs> Far too big for yeah. him. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty rude. Uh, Carter Vickers, it is a tough one. Who would, who would be more difficult to replace? Because... I've never seen Carter Vickers phased by anything. No. He's uh, he is unbelievable the 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 player. I think unbelievably I think Carter Vickers is probably the most underrated player in this league. <laughs> the, yeah, there's probably a case. Well, uh, possibly. I don't I don't know what the, I don't mm. know what the rules for that would be. Well, but you still hear even on Sports Sound this week they were still talking about how Celtic could improve in their center halves and, and and that's the country's but you, you what you don't hear is like you don't hear Carter Vickers picked out in the press for glowing praise and it's yeah. just because I think he's one of these players that just turns up does his job makes it look easy but in actual fact it's just because he's so good he's a bit like it's kind of like the league's too too easy for him a bit like Van Dyke was a bit like Denier well maybe not Denier so much but Van Dyke was at a, a period of time he obviously doesn't have the skill that Van mm. Dyke does but just he's just no phased by anything no I've never even really seen him under that much pressure no. I've never seen him panicking running towards his own goal pulling jerseys around mm. like that which you can sometimes get from even the best of defenders you'll probably see a moment from that uh, the car fickers I, I do see that argument a lot and I'm kind of tired of it now I'm, I'm sick of the examining Celtic players with the he could be easily replaced stuff because I of course they could right Kyogo could be improved upon but it would take Haaland or something like that yeah. do you know what I mean yeah. like you could basically improve any player in the world it's just it's quite when you're a, playing fantasy football aye, you, with no budgets and you're just picking players at a Y scout you can say oh, there's a guy in this real league but better, go buy him aye, instead it's, even it's just a, it's such a facile just hollow argument as mm. well to, to try and do down anyone's achievements this season by saying oh there's better players in the world okay <laughs> <laughs> big <laughs> thumbs up to that aye, but I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed watching the guy play so no I've, I've not really got much to, more to add to the Carter Vickers thing other than he's, he's been absolutely phenomenal and, and I hope both of them stay yeah. I don't know whether it's realistic that both of them will stay the the trouble with these things is once they've, they've kind of done Scotland you're dealing with agents and I'm not I'm not talking about like nefarious agents being in players ears and giving them bad advice but the agents are there to make players aware of the fact that you know Jota you, you might be a 60 grand a week footballer if you mm. make the right move well, I've where, heard that Newcastle are looking at Carter Vickers. Well, well that, yeah, that's a good example. And Carter Vickers might be the same. He might be he might be worth 45, 50 grand a week if he makes makes a decent move from Spurs, but certainly can't simply can't offer that. I think that's the biggest obstacle to these things. I think the problem is with Carter Vickers, a lot of people go, oh, he's, he's he probably wants to say to Celtic because he's been on loan so often. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. one argument. The other argument is as a player who has no problem going on loan and staying a season at a club because there are probably other clubs during his loan period that wanted to keep the guy oh, but he's yeah. went do you know what I'll just wait until someone and weigh up my options at that point yeah it's, it's a bit different this time with going into these things you're like, mm, I don't know but these are two guys who aren't that young and haven't played a lot of football the two of them mm. uh, first team football so and I just I just get the feeling like the scenes in Saturday and all this season like the whole club has embraced them and the fans have obviously embraced them and it kind of feels like a home for a lot of players now and I think with the management and going into the Champions League straight off not having to do qualifiers is a, is a big difference for players so even if they did another year or two it could be a big one but just with the Carter Vickers versus Jot obviously I'd love the both of them to stay I quite think they will both stay but if, if you're picking one I kind of think if we got a left-sided centre-half and move Starfield across that might work in Celtic's mm-hmm, favour yeah. whereas with Jota trying to get a player as good or better than him it's going to prove very difficult yeah. uh, well, well, look we've got Christopher Julian who <laughs> obviously has not endeared himself to Ange Postacoglu in any way shape or form 
I don't mean throughout the season. I just mean maybe that most recent interview that he gave to, I think it was Goal, a French newspaper or a French website, basically just outlining saying, I've been fit since January, been 100% ready to play. And this is the kicker for me. He goes, the manager doesn't pick me. He would rather pick a midfielder who can play in central defence, uh, which is a quote, probably mm. referring to Nier Bitt on there. Uh, and I think he did also go on to say, so I need to consider him options in the future, but if the manager gives me some game time in the last game of the season, it will help me you know, maybe convince me to stay. So he appeared for the team sheet at home watching it on the, the television. <laughs> it wasn't even, he didn't even make the bench to Julian. Is that, he was up on the podium after, but... Oh, was he? Cheek yeah. him, Barkas, Ayeti, Soro, come on. Ayeti had suit Ray-Bans on. Has Ayeti played this season? He must have. He has, the he of the season. Has, but has Barkas? Yeah, he played Ooh. against St. Johnson. There yeah. you go, I, and But Julian hasn't. They came with, on for oh, 10 has. minutes yes, with the Rovers. Yes, yeah. he did, he did. Came okay, so they've all contributed, fair enough. Um, you, uh, would you be sad to see Julian go, though? I think it's... I would. I, I trust Ange so implicitly that if he doesn't want Julian or doesn't see a place for Julian, I'm, I'm perfectly happy with that. Uh, I, it's just... I, I love Julian when he first came in. Mm. His first season, he was brilliant, good at the back, and a real threat going forward. But last season, he got injured and we barely seen him. And then... This season, we haven't seen him at all, despite him being there. And if you're kind of Celtic Nange, you're looking towards this season and next. If there's no future for him, why would you play him? Mm. So if there is a future, you would play him. And we just didn't do that. Stephen Welsh has been on the bench ahead of him all season And he's been quite clear as well, hasn't he? Consistent on, I've got time for players who want to be here. Yeah. And, and that sort of, you know, regardless of what Julian is saying in the press, to maybe indeed himself with Celtic fans inside the club, might be, might be slightly, might have said some stuff or might be clear that he maybe wants to go in the summer and Ange's like, well, there's no point. Yeah, well, the fans can feel however they want about it, but the fact is Christopher Julian's got every day at training to prove to the manager he mm. should be in the team and the manager's decided that, no, I'd rather have the two centre-halves who've been brilliant all season and Stephen Welsh on the bench. So, look, people, Stephen Welsh, I think he's a decent player, but... All you didn't do was get ahead of him mm. and Julian couldn't do it. So if he's a year left in his deal, he's probably on decent money. Probably about the right time for a guy that to go. He's, he's not a young guy anymore. He's 30 nearly yeah. or coming up to that. So I think he was a good player for Celtic, but the team kind of moved on and it's nobody's fault really because he was injured. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. 
Summer is here, the sun is shining, the shirts are off and your balls are smooth. You heard that right, your friends at Manscaped are here to make sure your beach balls are as smooth as Floridian sand. In summer you want to kill some cold beers and barbecues, not kill the vibes with pubes being from underneath your swimming trunks. That's why Manscaped has a performance package 4.0 to keep the party in your pants looking crisp and refreshing all summer long. Dive headfirst into summer by joining the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for hot guy summer. I go to manscaped.com slash Tims for 20% off and free shipping. The Manscaped Performance Package 4.0 is everything you need to prepare that summer body. Inside this package, you'll find a lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver ball deodorant, performance boxer briefs and a travel bag to hold all your goodies. Stephen, what else could you possibly want? Well, you could explain exactly what that product is. The Lawnmower 4.0, that's just a ball sack trimmer. <laughs> that's from exactly your, what it is. From your podcast mates. <laughs> and yeah, crack on. There's no other way to put it, Stephen. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. It's just a ball sack trimmer from your podcast mates. And if you go to manscaped.com slash Tims, you get 20% off with free shipping. This is the summer to turn your package into the full package with Manscaped. Any sympathy for the Julian case? No, nah, not particularly. I mean, I, th- I said quite early on when he was on the way back that mm. people were clamouring for Julian to come back into the team because Starfield had had a couple of ropey moments. But I, all along, right up to that point, I just said, like, we might be the only you know people saying this. Like, the fans might be really clamouring to get him back in the team, but Ange doesn't really care mm. that much yeah. because he's perfectly happy with what he's got. It, it's not even as simple as... I, I agree with Melly that saying that he's got ample opportunity to show it in training to get back into the team. But even at that... It's it's not even as simple as that either because it's it's pretty much a closed door to him because of the form of the yeah. two guys ahead yeah. of him. It's kind of like, it's not it's not to the same extent, but you could have the the best backup goalkeeper in the world doing it in training, mm. saving penalties left and right in training. But if the guy in in front of you is better, you're never going to get on the pitch yeah. it, to a lesser extent than goalkeeping because that's very specialised. But I can't even think of a single reason to break up the partnership of Starfield and Carter Vickers. I know people aren't as aren't as adamant on that as me or some of some of the people in this room talking about the, the centre halves. Uh, they're not as keen on Starfield as as I or we have been. But I, even if you accept that, I still can't think of any reason to break them up because of the the, it, it, uh, the, the form of them, how few goals they've conceded, mm. how little trouble they've been under. I don't really think there's any reason to just. I but I but Julian was brilliant two seasons ago. You know he he scored against Lazio. That's that's not a good reason to get back into the team. It, that's in the past, and that you can't you can't take that away from him. He's keeping that. He's taking that home with him. <laughs> yeah. But that's no reason to get back no. into the team. And and you know Neil Lennon rotated his centre halves and chopped and changed and look how well that worked out for him. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's not something that many yeah. managers tend to. Um, look, we need to discuss it. I was nearly greeting when Tom Rodgick got subbed when uh, when he burst out crying. I was like. You think you're ready for it, don't you? I, you think you're ready. You, it's it's come as quite a surprise to me. I think Tom Roderick is just one of these players who just he's contributed so much to Celtic, and you just never thought he'd go. There's no reason not to think he would go. He's obviously you know born here, he's from Australia, and he's got a family now and all that sort of stuff, and he want to do other things with his career. But just when he posted that thing on Instagram the night before, I was like, yeah. hold on a minute. What's going on? And then the next day it announces he's going. Like, it was it was a Saurian. It's been a while since that player's announced that he's leaving that you go, fuck, that's an absolute gutter. Yeah, I wasn't too surprised by the, the post. I think it woke up on Friday morning and get mm. told about it. And then, but then the longer the day went on and you're just thinking about him and like, I always say it like, the guy's highlight reel is up there with Thompson, Sutton, any guy Celtic, you could think Celtic of. posted. A, a sort of highlight slash goodbye video and I needed two separate boxes of hankies <laughs> <laughs> what for crying or something else yeah. no that's why I had two <laughs> <laughs> so I, it was devastating really mm. I'm gutted with the guy because I think he's been so good for Celtic I thought at the end of last season was the time to cut the ties and go Look, that's us but when he came back this season and was just Born again under Ange, I think this has been his best season for us. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. And said a couple of weeks ago, I'd give him another contract, and mm. now he's it just sort of comes out that he's he's wanting to go, and you can't begrudge him it either. But just when it hits home, and you see the video, and then you see the wee interview clip, and then Saturday, you're like, oh man, there's not been a guy that this much of a hero probably since Henrik Larson, there's mm. not been many people that have stayed around that long uh, with Celtic and most players that stay around for long are 
come through the youth team or like Scott Brown come from Scotland but rarely do you get two foreign players that stay as long as him and beat on and you just that he's just there and when he's there Celtic win trophies and he scores peaches of goals so you're like oh, he's not going to be there I anymore. mean it's a, it's, he's going to be a very very difficult player to replace I mean, I mean what a free transfer he's going to be for some <laughs> for someone he's only 29 odds but he's it just all he just like these players that can just turn up with these moments of magic are unlocked defence. He's such a skillful player as we've spoken about a million times. Taking the ball in the half turn in tight spaces, it's and everything he's given at the club as well. He's going to be a he's going to be a big loss. Oh, Un- big scale per supreme. Isn't he? Oh, one of the one of the biggest one of the biggest. If you take just the Huns as the the two separate entities for the purposes, <laughs> they'll be of this. buzzing to see the back of him. Oh, yeah. they'll be <laughs> delighted. I actually saw there was a there was a tweet from an SPFL sort of chat account I can't remember what SPFL banter I think it may mm. have been and, he, and I said that he was a Motherwell fan he's glad to see the, what a player he's been but I'm really glad to see the back of him because he seemed to save his best performances for against us and there was loads of people in the comments saying Don's fan here yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'll find that so yeah he's a few people will be glad to see the back of him but Ange put it in a really good perspective talking about him as Melly said, it's a foreign player who's come here a long, long time ago, nine years or something like that. He's been at Celtic. And you sometimes forget that you've kind of watched this guy grow up. Yeah. And Ange was talking about how he came over here as a teenager or whatever it was. He's now he's now married with children and all mm. that, or, or at least one child. And it's probably just a kind of, it's time he got the road. I don't yeah. know, wherever he ends up, it doesn't matter whether he wants to go and try himself in Spain or Italy or something like that. One final season before he maybe goes back to Australia and wants to live there. I don't know. But... It kind of put it into perspective for me what you're kind of dealing with, the mm. human side of, of being a, a footballer. But him as a footballer, incredible. And his contribution has been massive. I'm not, I always t- find myself being kind of turned off by the whole, is he a legend? Is he actually a great chat? I don't, because I don't really know what it means. But I've also kind of always believed that being a, a legend at a club involves a huge amount of contribution, yes, but also distance from. That, that person's playing career in order for us to distill it down to what really mattered. So if anyone, if you met, remember players from the 90s, 80s, 70s, whatever it is, you probably only remember the highlights. So we'll see once Tom Ruggett has been gone for 10 years, we'll look back on what a player he yeah. actually was. Because you're always, again, this is the second time I've used this phrase tonight, but you're always battling against nostalgia when you're comparing him to creative players of that out. Because Names, again, I'm not particularly interested in these comparisons, but names get thrown around like Nakamura and Maravchik and mm. all that. But what you're dealing with is pe- people who have grown up past that era and look back on these guys mm. thinking, what, what were those magical moments? You don't always remember the the games in between where they were probably quite ordinary. You think of, you yeah, think the, of the big of, moments. The sort of the run of the mill. Yes. Yeah, the, back some, and forward. Yep, some, and if there were podcasts back then, there would people complain about them mm. from a week-to-week basis and you only remember the big like moments. we've done with Tom Rogic. Yeah. yeah. And that'll happen with him as well. I, f- I firmly believe in five, ten years' time, we'll be looking back on just what an incredible, an absolute magician of a player he was. We've had our gripes with him over the course of the seven years we've been mm. doing this podcast as well, but that's, that's only natural. That's being a fan. It's but, been a footballer as well. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. But now now that that chapter is closed, the guy deserves to be spoken about with, with anyone. We, even if it's in the same sentence as some of the names I've just mentioned, even if you don't agree with it, the debate can happen. Mm. The argument can happen, even if he loses it, in my opinion. I think he's been an absolutely tremendous player for Celtic. I, I would say legend. Mm. I would yeah. say that because when Stephen was rhyming off all those guys, whether it be Nakamura, Miravchik, even guys like Thompson, Hartson, Lennon as a player... Rogic was there longer than all of them, yeah. won more trophies than all of them, scored bigger goals than most of them as well. So you're thinking, like, guy has to go down there. The only thing that maybe doesn't go against him, but it just sort of hit home this week as well, is how little we've heard of Tom Rogic over yeah. the nine years. Yeah. It was yeah. like, yeah. even like Beaton as well, barely heard him speak as well when coming up with all the interviews. So... To see him and then see with that wee clip of the interview and then I was lucky enough to speak to him after the game on Saturday and the guy could hardly get his words out because mm. he was that emotional and seeing him walk off and you go, maybe we, you kind of sometimes maybe tell yourself, oh, he's not really bothered, he'll go up the road to Australia any minute, but how many contracts has he signed here? How many times could he have left? But chose to stay here even the summer there when he was meant to be away. He's like, nah, I want another crack at it. I want to get the trophy back with, with Ange as well and you're like you know what man this guy he does love the club he's been here that long he can't not 
It's, there is, there's a human element to all these things. I know it's, uh, we sort of, funnily enough, we touched on it last week a bit on, didn't we? We were yeah. talking about, like, do you want Celtic to just be this, like, ruthless corporate machine that as soon as you've passed, you know, a number on a spreadsheet, you're cut off and your career's done. And there is an element to football has to be done like that and all businesses have to be done like that. Don't just keep guys about and pay them massive amounts of money just because you like chatting to them on the day-to-day <laughs> or they make you a cup of coffee in the morning. Right good teammates. Right good that. teammates and all that sort of stuff. And obviously we have taken that too far but then when you look at the likes of Nier Bitton and Tom Mojic this club matters to them yeah, do you know what I mean yeah. it, re- it really matters to them and there are no guys that were brought up supporting Celtic no. but there they are both absolutely devastated Nier Bitton's another one Nan spoke about how after the game he says look he's a fantastic influence around the training the around the training centre or whatever he says in the, in the dressing room is the word I'm looking for fantastic influence around the dressing room him and Callum McGregor really helped galvanise the squad for me when I came in and you think there is more to it yeah, sometimes yeah. do you know what I mean it's like you take a player, whether it's near Bitton or anyone else, and you you, ca- you you keep him on the books because of what he offers and he trains hard and if he's called upon, he can drop in and he can contribute a wee bit like that. He's no breaking the bank. He's he's There's a bit of investment in there. You've trained him up. There's a bit of previous investment. You've got a you've got an asset there on that guy and he's obviously a good guy that the club want to keep about. And when I was thinking about that, that, that brought also to mind this new James Forrest contract because people were sort of like, what, three years for James Forrest? Look, one if Ange wants it, and he clearly does, fine. James Forrest has been at the Celtic Football Club his whole life. Yeah. Celtic have invested a lot in James Forrest. He's not everyone's favourite. He's probably not going to start every week. I'd be amazed though, Stephen, if he didn't take a wage cut. And aye, he's and aye. he's and he's and Ange is obviously like, look, James's contract's running up. There's people within the club of they want, but I'm sure Ange's got final word on it. And he feels like that's a guy that can contribute. He can drop in. He can come in and out for his then I don't really have a, a a huge amount of issue with James Forrest getting a, a couple of years. Jamie, this is supposed to be a party. Right. <laughs> do not ask questions to which you do not want the answers. Oh, yeah. no, <laughs> what, what, what you've done there is basically the equivalent of maybe you've you've gone to your significant other's family mm. for Christmas dinner. You don't know either that person or their family all that well and you've asked the grandparents who they voted for uh, and now everyone's sitting like, oh, I hope it's it a controversial subject, is it? Yeah. The James Forrest thing? <laughs> I've, get him out, get him out, Sharon. <laughs> yeah. I, I wouldn't go that far, but I think the three, I mean, I was shocked by the three-year thing. I think they worded it slightly wrongly. I think it's, he already had a year and they've extended yeah. it by two. Right, but, okay. But the tweet said a further three years and everyone thought, so four years, mm. four, four more years of James Forrest. My first reaction was... I'm actually now more comfortable knowing that. Right, okay. Because you know, I, well, I did have my reservations about yeah. it, but now I'm more comfortable knowing that. I, I do. My first reaction was that I do think it was silly. Mm. Handing out a contract like that, and I've seen all the arguments for it, and I've listened to to, to you. I've, I've heard, heard of, all your arguments. <laughs> <I just, laughs> you're good with that. I don't like a single one of them. <laughs> yeah, so what I'm eventually going to do is I'm probably going to come around to what you've just said there. Mm. It's, it's not that big a deal, but if if we are going to examine it on the the kind of footballing side of things, I think it is a bit mental, to be honest. Now, I've I've seen again, I've seen the arguments that oh, you need a homegrown player for Europe next mm. season, but he's already contracted for next season. Why do you need him for a further three years to tick that does box? The, does the near bit on the sort of peek behind the curtain about uh, changing rooms and personalities and all that? Does that play into it? Yeah, I I'm, think so. I'm sure it does. Maybe it does because uh, people say that it'll be great for like a young winger to learn from James Forrest. Why is it not done Mikey Johnston any good? Because everyone th- also, if the people who defend James Forrest will also say Mikey Johnston's a total fraud and mm. no good enough. So why is it not? It's uh, not necessarily James Forrest's fault that and, Mikey Johnston hasn't kicked. I know you're being facetious. It's a facetious example. Right. You know, you know what I mean. I know it is important, but if I was to throw that back, people, but, I know he, him, somebody else. As long as he doesn't block any pathways, do yeah. you know what I mean? If see Jota leaves, and their first two choices become a bad and Forrest or whatever on that, so you think to yourself. Or Forrest drop naturally yeah. just returns to first choice and is is you're like nah nah this is not what we're looking for we need we need James Forrest needs to be the supporting actor what, you know he's this, not Denzel yeah exactly. <laughs> so I'll let, I'll let you come in a second mate I, I'm gonna let you finish I'm gonna let me <laughs> let you in um, I, this requires of me to to have a, a lot of faith in what Celtic are doing and where they're going and that that does work because mm. I do have a lot of faith in what Ange Postecoglou has brought to the club and his his beliefs what kind of gives me a little bit of hesitancy when this, a little bit of reticence is that Celtic are quite bad at phasing players out of teams mm. and have been in the very recent past. Scott Brown was 
nobody's going to like me saying this, but he was terrible last season. And the only reason he was still playing was because he was given a silly contract at 34 because of 10 in a row and all, all that kind of stuff, mm. right? We've, got, we've gone down that road before. We played Scott Brown every single week until he was 30 games from full retirement mm. because he played 30 games for Aberdeen and has, has since retired. So there was no phasing out there. What I can imagine is James Forrest playing far too much in seasons to come. Yeah. But that, that hasn't happened. I'm just, I'm simply trying to explain my my reaction I, well, to... Well, Sunday, yeah. you're, no, you're no making this out of thin air. There's, no, as yeah, you, as you said, all, you know what I mean? There's, I mean. There's, there's, there's reasons, as you've laid out, to be sceptical. And that, I, I've got to admit, they do play into my thinking a wee bit as well. I'm like, I hope it's not just going to be like, oh, we need to get him tied down because we don't know if we're going to keep Joe. Or it's, you just don't want to block any pathways. But at the same time, I have sympathy now for the the the... The, the intangibles of a player that perhaps don't come on a spreadsheet and they they, they help build you know camaraderie in the dressing room and all these things that we speak about Joe Hart and all that James Forrest is another one that's like Roger you don't really hear an awful lot about James Forrest you don't really know what he's like in the dressing room and just for me Melly it boils down to if Ange clearly thinks he can contribute if Ange is happy then I'm happy to keep James Forrest on. That being said, I would just be happy with the extra year. To, I, I just don't see how much he's going to contribute in three years' time. That, that's that's entirely my point. Yeah. I think I think like there's he is going to be contracted for next season anyway. Yeah, just let him play that and see how it goes. Give yeah. him an extra year. So I think I think finding out that piece of information may have changed my perspective on it entirely. So I th I think it is a a lifetime achievement award for mm. him which which I'm totally fine with if, if that's how it's framed then I, who who am I to, to complain about that it's a couple of years for a guy who has given an awful lot to the club or again just basing it based on the language Celtic used for a further three years he might have been on next year's contract might have been what 20 odd grand a week and he signed three years at eight or seven or Maybe. and we yeah. needed to free up some wages or I don't know pure speculation but look that's why we've got a podcast <laughs> yeah yeah, We're here I, to discuss the facts of the case. <laughs> facts. We're here to nitpick and speculate. I kind of agree with that. I think it was when uh, it was, I felt a bit strange about it. Like, Stephen, I was like, why not just give him an extra a year on top of the one mm. next year and then see where we go? Because we all know how wingers over the age of 30 go. It just I sort of declined for them. But I think the looking at it with Rogic and Beaton, two very popular guys in the change room. We've seen the massive turnover last year, losing Scott Brown, Ayer, Edward, Christie, guys that have been here for quite a while. And before that, Lustig and even Gordon and guys like that as yeah, well were probably bigger. Gordon around. last year, yeah. yeah. So you're looking at it going, well, who are the senior players in this team? And if you take away James Forrest as well as Beaton and Rogic, it's Joe a very Hart. very young team as well. Joe Hart and Callum McGregor and Joe Hart's out of contract at the end of next season as well. So there might be a wee bit of thinking about, well, long term, these guys, like James Forrest knows what it takes. He, mm. he probably knows better than most people what it takes to be a Celtic player because we wanted him out at certain points because he wasn't doing it. He was nearly away. Brendan Rodgers came in, revitalised him, but... There's a kind of rewriting of James Forrest's career as well yeah. with this contract because he was good at the start, very, very poor up till Rogers came in, good for a year or two, down, Lennon got something out of him and then since then, I mean, really we've, much. we've written him off in this podcast plenty of times oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah. deserved every one of them. But that, <laughs> the thing Stephen said about maybe Celtic hold on to these players too much, I think that's kind of, that is true in the past, mm. but that's again labelling what we tried not to do at the start of the season is label this Celtic team in with the rest Ange isn't the kind of guy that's just going to let a guy stick about if he wants them then there's going to be reasons for it and with Lustig and Scott Brown we never brought in replacements for them that were good enough but with James Forrest he's already maybe both choice mm. wing, option out wide so if we sign Jota I fully expect us to sign another winger as well as James Forrest but he's not going to be on massive wages he's been there and done it so I'm happy to have him but I just don't see him making a massive contri contribution for Celtic anymore and like, I think on Wednesday night's game at Tannadice when he started like, I can't remember him doing much and mm. I always say it like a on Forrest with the starting wingers I think and, like, you're like right this might be a difficult game now because where's the creativity there? There isn't much and we didn't, we've seen it wasn't until Jota came on that Celtic really sprang into life in the second half. So yes, give him a new deal, that's fine, but we can't be relying upon him to be a creator for Celtic because we've seen this season, he's just not done it. He has been injured, but even when he has played, he's got one league goal all season. Uh, a couple of pet peeves 
right? That I need to that I need to get get out, right? So one, I didn't like the situation around the trophy presentation. There was a couple of things I didn't like, right? Ooh, if party I'm being honest. Yeah, if I'm being honest. I, I felt the air was kind of seeped out of the balloon at several occasions. So one, bringing the trophy up the Celtic way by Paul Lambert. I just, I right. feel, right, I, I'm kind of of the, the, the trophy should be delivered. They should be presenta- presented with it and that's it. But then they sort of had a photo up with the trophy prior to it. And I was like, right, okay, the air was let out the balloon a wee bit there. Then, okay, Tom Rogic and nearby Tom brought it out and I thought that was a nice touch, right? But then Cal McGregor carried it himself over. There was like a few moments where he carried it over to the rest of the team. And then they did the... I just thought it would have been so much better, right? Tom Rogic and then nearby Tom bring it out. They place it on the plinth in front of the players. And then Cal McGregor walks up to the plinth. It's already placed and you win it the minute he lifts it off. That to me is better than this sort of. Oh, is it now? Is it now? Is it now? Dragging it about them. Aye. Ah, yeah. You do you know what I'm saying? About yeah, I think I think so. I, I I think what they should have done is, and this is a niche reference, but mm. I was just talking about it before we turned Shot the mics out on. Shot out a I'm sailed into the stadium. HBK style. <laughs> I don't think it's, maybe someone uh, watching this will know what I was talking about, but. The, the Royals, man, they did something weird again last week where they were driving the crown about in a Rolls Royce mm. and people were, out, oh. people were out in the street applauding it. And I was like, <laughs> weird, those, man. Uh, oh, it's tradition. They so, could bring it up the Celtic way in the Popemobile. <laughs> basically, a bulletproof Popemobiles, <laughs> screech it right out onto the pitch and then just give it to Callum McGregor. But the weirdest thing I've ever seen is people out applauding that kind of thing in the and streets of London. So I felt the air was like blowing a wee bit there. Also, now this is going to be very controversial, as much as I like hearing it, Champions League music must, must, must be reserved only for Champions League nights at Celtic oh, Park. Oh, I don't know about that. Why? I, I don't really have a problem with any stuff. I'm sure the, pro- the trophy's been brought up Again, by... Again, we're just here to nitpick it. Yeah, I know, but uh, I don't know. I think that's been done before. I don't know. If, like... It has been done before. Yeah. I just don't like it. I, I want it to be more impactful, is what I'm getting at. Yeah, I, 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 I thought it was quite nice beat on that. Do it, where they drop it. I just wasn't really a bother to me. I wasn't even really thinking about it. So like, you've basically got no opinion <laughs> on, on much. <laughs> no. said, you're fine with it all. <laughs> but the, the Champions League music, I was, I think, because that's never been, we've never been able to do that before. Never have we won the league in the, the whole nine in a row where we've went straight in there. So just to remind you that that's coming back to Celtic Park because it has been, this will be like the fifth year uh, coming up since we were last in it. And you're like, this is why you work this hard to get this reward. Mm-hmm. I had no problem with that. I thought it was brilliant when they played that. I enjoyed it, just, it, but I just thought it was reminds cheap. you I thought what's it was a coming. Bit, so a wee it was teaser a trailer? Was that like a, wee, a wee YouTube teaser trailer for a forthcoming film? Really? No, it was. It was uh, no, I'm. St- I just. It was cheap. <laughs> it was a cheap. It was a cheap laugh for me. Right. That's that one text. Next. What was the next? Cal McGregor's not very good at speaking from the heart. I love Cal McGregor. Brilliant player, but he. Someone ex- he's he's media trained within an inch of his life. That's where I have sympathy because I think footballers are all like that yeah. nowadays. I think when it, it's it that's, becomes, that's not necessarily a criticism. Maybe yeah. he just doesn't want to. Maybe he doesn't feel comfortable. Just public speaking is a difficult thing, as we're going to find out. It becomes a meme week. when players actually do say what they think and what they feel. Do you remember mm. Charlie Austin a couple of years ago? Oh, right. <laughs> A joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. He went on. It was like one of these. It was either on Sky Sports or somebody's mm. like got all the adverts behind him, and he's been interviewed, and he just went absolutely off on one about the ref. And all of a sudden, people were cutting it to park life and all that. And he was oh, on this like cockney, yes, cockney rant. So whenever someone does stick their head out there, put their put their necks on the line, and actually tells you what they they feel, people ridicule it. Well, so, maybe or, or what happens is I found with Ange's, and I do love Ange speaking from the heart, but I feel like every time a journalist in front of him. Do the thing where you speak for the heart. They're, they're like trying to prod an emotional response at the guy. Yeah, hey, like, your dad, eh? Mention your dad. I know. He must be like, bloody hell, man. So maybe McGregor's like, I'm not falling into that trap. If I'm boring, if I'm boring, people won't ask me to do this very often. Aye. What did you make of this, the celebrations as a whole? Oh, final pet peeves. Don't let your kids run on the park. Aye. Come on, it's for the players. It's, it's, it's... And land down under to Angie's walkout music. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> men at work come from a land down under. Can I believe they played the Celtic manager dirty like that? Unbelievable. But that's my that. Those are minor peeves. <laughs> You've been on for about five minutes here. <laughs> All right, okay. Well, it's my, I'm allowed. <laughs> uh, what are you moaning about 
kids fans from the stadium running on yeah the pitch. just people letting their kids run on the uh, park i just feel like you, that's that's no i way. thought you were talking about joe hart's kids and all that. i get off trying to ruin ruining their case there, there used to be people like don't, we don't want the players families on the pitch there was a there was an argument that when that first started people were against uh, that not uh, talking about punters was... for the crowd lifting we jaden on the park and then he's just getting <laughs> tackled by you've just reminded me I saw, a, I saw a steward take a boot at one there was a kid uh, running behind the goal it was, a guy that, it was a guy that landed behind Martin O'Neill have we seen it for Sky's perspective <laughs> <No>. <laughs> have you seen, no it's brilliant man they're, obviously they're filming their video when Martin O'Neill and Petrov and all that I this, this guy runs by his Clips his, clips his back his heel. <laughs> that must have been a different one because it was the other end. Oh, it, was was it? it was the other end of the pitch. I saw somebody take a big, like, two footed oh. lunge and, and the kid just sort of ducked through it and, and kept running. Brilliant, man. Uh, there's some dodging going about on yeah. the Saturday. I, I really enjoyed it. I don't think the, the stewards at Celtic Park go through any sort of agility <laughs> training. You know what I mean? Like, toddlers are just running away from these guys. Get a sports scientist for them. He's the fastest kid in the world. Isn't that from Superman? He's the fastest boy alive. Ah, it's a shame, man. But the I thought the celebrations were brilliant. I mm. thought the, it's better letting the players all go around and having their families as well. But mm. I was just it was just brilliant because it it does feel like a long time because yeah. last season we didn't have it. Obviously, and the season before we didn't get to have the party when we won the league. So it was just great to see that the sun was out everybody just felt plus it was a Saturday as well which which is quite unusual so you've got the early kick off on the Saturday and then you've got all day and just the celebrations there were class getting it and because it was a kind of happy farewell as well Robert yeah. spoke about it as well when he said look some players I think he was talking about Scott Brown are here and they don't get a farewell but he felt it was like a fairy tale ending you're like do you know what that's fair enough man the guys earned this and Look, the players have earned it and so have the fans as well because that was tough at the start of the season but most of us, everybody stuck by it and the longer it's went on, everybody's just been right behind the team and you see that in the performances as well. Sometimes you feel like the fans drag them over the line and we've done that in some games today. So it was just that sheer emotion of everything, everything that's happened this season over the last couple of years where you go, got it back, we've got the club back, we've got the trophy back and... It's, it's a new thing for Celtic as well. I think the Callum McGregor thing with him lifting the trophy and he said, I've got my baby back. Like mm. He's grown up just winning trophies for Celtic. It doesn't happen once. And then he goes, no, nah, this isn't how it should be. And it just feels like everything's sort of new for Celtic. It's a new team, new management. It's just brilliant to watch because you get celebrations sometimes and you go, ah, and maybe some of the nine in a row ones you maybe took them for granted a bit because yeah. the wins yeah, yeah. were easy and you're kind of used to it but with this one you had the harsh reminder last year then you had the absolute grind to win this one and you're just like this is tremendous this is the way it should be and scenes inside the stadium are brilliant and if you walked into town after it it was even better man it's a good point on um, the just to drag us back to Rogic for a minute it's a good point you make on the the send off sort of mm. thing and even taking that aside, it's just what a way to go out it is as well. Like to go out on a win like that, to win a double and get back into the Champions League. I know the argument could be made, I'd be stay for the stay f- to get back into the Champions League, but there's always something. Yeah. What a perfect yeah. way to end. Then you don't win next year and you yeah, go again. Exactly. So to get out of that kind of hamster wheel of trying to go out at the best time, the best time possible, Scott Brown, you're right, didn't get the opportunity to do that. And it's, it's just a perfect way to go out to just get that league back after, after the lull of the defeat as well. Because you could, I mean, we spoke numerous times about certain players coming to the club and see if you're winning treble after treble, you're making it very easy for players to probably consider themselves to have completed Scottish yeah, football. Yeah. Right, let's get out of here. There's nothing left to do, but to have won the the nine in a row and suffered that humiliating loss, yep. and to stick around for one one last dance, one last ride, that and to that. actually win it, that's perfect. It's it's just as sad as I am to see uh, Rogic in particular go. It's probably time. It's probably a great, great closing chapter for him. Ten in a row with fans in the stadium. <laughs> Back on top, baby. <laughs> uh, and that is all for this episode of 20 Minute Tims. We have one more flagship podcast um, for the season. Obviously, the Patreon content continues. That flagship podcast is live next Friday at Drygate. It's sold out if you've got a sold ticket. Sold out Drygate, yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> eh? if, uh, if you've got a ticket, we're really looking forward to seeing you there, our first ever live show, and we'll hang about for a wee while after it and say hello and get a drink and all that sort of stuff. But thank you to everyone who watches us and supports us throughout the season. Thanks especially to those who support us on Patreon, because honestly, it's been brilliant. How brilliant has it been? It's, 
covering Celtic this season, all the Patreon stuff. Next season, we've got the Champions League. It's going to be sensational. And we'll be back bigger and better <laughs> next time we, around. Because we never stop recording podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for watching and listening. Vardis, Vardat, help the officials out. Clearly they need help. Give them all the help they need because clearly they cost us two points a day. It's a joke. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff: shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at fifty to eighty percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.